Get the jet ready. We're going to Vegas. Welcome to Pod at the Montecito, the world's premier podcast discussing the hit NBC television show Las Vegas. I'm one of your hosts, Judson Clark. And I'm your other host, Eddie McCarthy. Judson, what's good? Well, I don't know if it's good, but this episode is going to drop May 19th. Okay. Of our, our now normal, you know, every other Thursday cadence. What's interesting about that is that I could be in the middle of a trial as a juror. Mm. Your boy is getting called to jury duty that Monday. Well, I, I think anyone who has suffered the, the journey will be cheering for you to not be selected. No, no, no. It's the jury, not journey. Mm. I'm now hoping that you are selected <laughs> and will be writing an amicus brief to the local court as to why you should be selected. Uh, question for you. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance, assuming I get pulled into a, a Vordire situation in which this podcast comes out during jury selection? I, I can't think of a reason why it would. I mean, I sort of feel like it's incumbent upon me to try and wedge it in somehow. It would. I mean, that would be a very spurious shoehorning that you would have to do. I, I have been a part of Vordire. I've witnessed many of Vordire. Can't say a lot of podcasts come up during Vordire. My only hope, I think, is I live in an area of the country where casinos are legal. What if it's a casino case and they ask something to the effect of like, do you, does anybody here have any like training or I'd be like, uh, well, your honor. I, I think you are bound and obligated to let the court know of your expertise, your clear expertise as demonstrated. Can you just imagine the, like they're prosecuting like a cheat or something. And they're like, you can see clearly here. I'm like, Oh, why don't you enhance that? Well, first of all, jurors can't ask questions. Secondly, <laughs> this is as good as it gets. No, no, no. Just get Mike to uh, enhance it. Little video IQ guy. Come on now. Can't you run this against all known people everywhere in like a second and a half? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I, uh, I, let's put it this way. I'd be very impressed if you were able to work it in somehow. Well, we'll see. If we get an uptick in listeners, you'll know I succeeded. I guess if or I'm going to bring it up, I'm at least going to promo it, right? I mean, of course. You'd be silly not to. Speaking of silliness and lawyers, shall we get into what we come here to discuss? Let's do it. My friend, it's season three, episode 15, uh, Urban Legends of the Ooh. Hidden Temple. Oh, Nice. All rise for the Honorable Judge Marshall Stevens. Honorable. As it is, we open on a racetrack that the showrunners thought was going to be sufficiently confusing that we get a title card Chiron to let us know, hey, in fact, this is Las Vegas. Like we didn't preempt it with NASCAR. And we'll go so far as to tell you that the episode is called Urban Legends. Have we seen anything like this on the show? I don't recall seeing it ever, but I think you nailed it completely as to why because when i first started and we were at a nascar track even i knowing what happened in the episode was like well this doesn't seem like the start of a las vegas episode i mean it makes sense if they're on the sideline of a football field in north texas so you know jimmy johnson's gonna be in the episode but 
a racetrack. That just that doesn't make any sense. You know what? I'm going to let you have that one. So a driver is tearing around the track in the Lowe's 48, except that the actual driver wearing a bunch of low shit is standing in the infield, timing the laps, clearly impressed at how quickly this bucket of nuts and bolts is making it around the Atlanta Motor Speedway. When out pops the driver and some feminine looking hands give way to Mary McConnell doing a slow-mo helmet reveal complete with hair shake. Well, a very masculine body gives way to then some very feminine hands in a second <laughs> cut, which then gives way to Mary. That was not Nikki Cox or Nikki A. Cox driving that car. Or any anything resembling someone looking like either Nikki. Yeah. I think the dead giveaway, obviously, was that Mary wasn't wearing like the Nomex balaclava that they have to wear under their helmets. Like, come on, just asinine. There was that and the like six inch height difference that we got from the stunt driver to Mary in subsequent shots. I mean, there is that. Noted Dallas Cowboys head coach turned race car driver Jimmy Johnson asked Mary, why has she come all the way out from Vegas to visit him? Narrator drop incorrect. Oh, Judson. Turns out Montecito's got a big car show coming up and Jimmy, i.e. never coached a game of football in his life, Johnson, was the wait, defending wait, wait, champion. I'm confused. What does Jimmy, it asked Johnson have to do with anything? Latin <laughs> no. joke, baby. No. You, can't, no, even you can't, can't even get mad at that one. I can't even get mad. I really can't. I mean, I am, but I, I'm not rightfully injured. Just wait till Jimmy E.G. Johnson shows up later. Oh, man, that'll be confusing. That's a good joke. Jimmy won well, was, the last Las Vegas. It was Las a joke. Vegas. We'll see if it was good. <laughs> Jimmy won the last Las Vegas race, so the Montecito wants him to judge their little car show because who else would you get to do it, I guess? Do you think if they had told him that before the race that he would have tried to come in second? Because like that seems like a real shitty media obligation that – Hey, if you win this race in the future, expect this casino to stalk you into judging their car show. It doesn't seem great. I mean, it's probably better than having to chug milk in the middle of the day like some races do. So it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> That's true. That is true. This was milk. It's now cottage cheese. We think that's mostly because it's 110 degrees at the track. So anyway, it's been out for a while. You should should have drove faster. Maybe that's why they go so fast is they go, OK, boys. We're putting the we're putting the milk out here on the start finish line. Got to drink it as the gun goes off. The fridge is opened. <laughs> I would actually consider I mean, I wouldn't, but I would consider watching NASCAR if there was that element to it of just like pain, time induced pain. Correct. It's a, a hybrid of NASCAR and fear factor. I mean, they refuse to turn right, so you might as well do something. I mean, got got to zhuzh it up somehow. So, yeah, so Mary's here to get him to come judge the car contest. He's like, hey, I told you on the phone, subtext, crazy person, that I would love to, but I'm busy trying to get ready for the Indianapolis 500, arguably one of the most important races of the year, probably to him. And she's like, yeah, 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 that's fine. I brought the jet and maybe they'll let you fly it. He's like, yeah, all right, fuck my career, I guess. Get the jet ready. We're going to Vegas. I mean, he did seem very excited about piloting the jet, so. I just, I can't imagine that A, they would let him, and B, if they were going to let him, that he wouldn't be able to pilot any one of a number other 
private jets that he flies in. Yeah, I think much less likely than even even if we got past the actual pilots letting some rando fly the plane, which I'm pretty sure you can attest is frowned upon. I'm guessing his sponsors are also like, look, what you do is dangerous enough. Here's the list of all the shit we don't want you doing while you're racing for us. I mean, I think there's a non-zero chance that he would successfully pressure them into letting him sit in the right seat at cruise. Sure. That is not, I think, going to scratch the itch that he's looking for. No. Because at cruise, like these things aren't maneuverable. They're at the edge of their flight envelope. You could easily crash that fucker. So they're going to be like, cool, man, here you go. Let's take some pictures and get out of the chair now. Thanks. Goodbye. Don't actually, you got a hover hand on the stick. Don't actually <laughs> touch anything. Not touching, can't get back. Back in Vegas, cars have taken over the Montecito. None more plot sidetracking than Delunda's. And Danny is incredulous that this custom car belongs to her, despite her name being stenciled very conspicuously on the side. She signed her work very clearly. Did we know that her name was Big D, literally Big L? I, I don't recall ever seeing it as such. I steadfastly refuse to update my note-taking protocol with this new piece of information. It looks horrible. Also, now it makes her the Linda. <laughs> the Linda the line. <laughs> like, no, the line is still fine. It didn't it doesn't throw a random capital L in there. Well, that's just because when they came over on it through fucking Ellis Island, they changed it. <laughs> didn't get that update for the first part. Yeah. I mean, is this Ed trying to do a solid retroactively to his mom being bet Deline that like it's like, don't worry, I'll I'll fuck up the next girl too. It's fine. Just a a, a family curse of terrible first names for the women. And, you know, Delinda's coming up in the era of uh, women not automatically taking a husband's last name. Like she's right on kind of going to be on the bleeding edge of that. And you wonder, she's like, man, on the one hand, my feminist bona fides here. On the other hand, God, I got to get away from this. This is terrible. <laughs> and then they're like, um, doesn't actually change your first name, though. And that's really the that is issue the kicker. here. <laughs> I guess as long as you're changing your name, you're like, let's go ahead and smooth out that capitalizing nonsense. Yeah, she I mean, she has the ability to fix this issue. But yeah, Danny apparently can't read and it takes her jabbering at him and a bunch of car jargon for him to finally be like, yeah, all right, this is probably yours. When he gets a cell phone call instructing him to immediately go to a hotel room or someone dies. I mean, that's a good conversation stopper. Yeah, though, I'm also a little surprised that I guess he had the he had the proper response of like, I'm going to go check this out with some, with some urgency, but I feel like it's either a, all right, I'm, this is a crank fuck off or like page the in-house medics to meet me there kind of situation. Yeah. Rolling in solo slash just with Mike is not the play. Especially Mike's performance lately. You might as well be solo. I mean, <laughs> you'd probably be better off solo. Unless there's a fucking weather remote that he's going to do from inside that hotel room. His odds of making the situation worse are very high. <laughs> you imagine him just like prat th falling through the hotel room. Oh, hey, oh, oh, looking everywhere for a green screen. Let's talk about the humidity, boys. It is low. Mike, <laughs> read the room. Jesus. Before we see what awaits us in room 2714, Sam's out front with Ed and she needs a little help. Good news. We've got the biggest well from J.W.'s Black Book ever. He's got five stars. 
Nobody else had five stars. What do the stars mean? We don't know. But typically, more stars is good. So, gotta figure he's big money. More flex! More fun! Thing is, he doesn't deal with Sam. Sam's too low class for him. He wants to deal with the big guy. He wants to deal with Ed. And Sam gives his whole pitch about, you know, Steve's, Steve wins out here glad-handing folks. You need to, you gotta do your part here if we want to compete. Ed, not loving it. Not feeling great about it, but fine. Whatever. He'll meet the guy. Be here to shake a couple hands. Turns out this one's going to be a little slippery, though. Yeah, there was a, a note in JW's book that the guy suffered from Palmer hydro, hyperhidrosis. And Sam was just a little late in looking that up, which if this is your fucking Moby Dick five star whale, you think like she's been reading that page, that entry in the black book five times a day, every t- every day since she's gotten that. How does she not know this by now? Like, what What if it had been that he's like fucking allergic to cotton sheets or something? Yeah, there could be some devastating allergy that typically we've seen her take care of these things in the past. It seems weird that she would ever let it slide that long, but even weirder with this, like the number one A catch she's ever gotten. But, you know, again, this is like, hey, it's for the plot dummies. Quit asking questions you're not supposed to. Which I can respect, but, you know, our, our listeners demand more. Yeah, it, it seems like poor form. Palmer hyperhidrosis means sweaty palms affliction. She finally gets that info from Mike, but not before Ed has his first shake with our whale Garrison, we will come to learn. And yeah, boys, uh, he's he's dripping. Yeah, them, them sweaty palms. Oof. And speaking of oofs, Danny anxiously gets up to the hotel room, lets himself in after a few knocks go unanswered. And after a cursory search, finds a message scrawled on the mirror and lipstick saying, call 911 with a man unconscious in an ice bath with stitches in his abdomen. Rut row. Not great. All of a sudden, Mike's thinking, I liked it better with the guy with sweaty palms. <laughs> but maybe he could use some of this ice bath. I don't know. I, you know, a little fix. Maybe the kidneys producing too much sweat. I don't know how kidneys work. This guy is kidney deficient. This guy maybe is kidney superfluous. Let's uh, let's meet in the middle here. Got a, got a third kidney just leaning up against the sweat glands. <laughs> Noted medical doctors that we are. I think that's how <laughs> sweating works. I'm pretty sure it is. I my, my degree has doctor in it. I'm pretty much a doctor. But I did stay at Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> Later on, when he's running through all the shit he's tried... Mike should stick his head in from stage right back. Have you tried pulling out a kidney? Hey, my guy, how many uh, how many organs you got floating around in there? Hey, boo boo, got any, got any spares? What you buying? What you selling? Mike is the trade offer meme. <laughs> I get one of your kidneys. You get normal palms. I mean, decent trade. I've seen worse. It's not the worst trade. Well, as we come out of the intro, the EMTs are going to let us know, yeah, it's just like that movie called Urban Legends. Somebody had his kidney cut out. Oopsies. And that's that. They're like, yeah, I mean, we'll take a look. But, you know, looks like it does what it says on the tin. Oops, no <laughs> we, kidney. We, we, we aren't going to, like, open it up and check here. We're pretty sure we're right on this one, though. Sam and Ed are showing the whale his suite. And while Sam is explaining everything about the room, Wheeler's touching literally everything, including the fucking wall. It's not like it's some like fine mahogany wall. It's just drywall. And Ed is just losing his mind with 
every single thing this guy touches. Uh, in Ed's defense, he is leaving a trail of handprints. It looks like that fucking Old Spice with the fake Dolph Lundgren that they've been running during the playoffs all year, <laughs> where it's just like a spray gun is in his sleeve, hiding, shooting out mist every time he touches something. It's insane. I was like, was this guy crossbred with a snail? Like, why is he leaving this goopy ass trail everywhere? Jesus. He's got like hand smegma. That's foul. <laughs> Come on, man. I there is, is that our episode title or what? No, no, it is not. No, it is not. <laughs> I am I am putting a foot down. No, sir. We don't we don't need to get rid of the few listeners we still have with the term hand smegma. Jesus. You are a fucking demented monster. Oh, God. That wasn't even a scripted joke. That was just free to get home. Oh, take it back. Can't do it. Sorry. It's out there now. Oh. Enjoy, enjoy trying to purge the term and smegma from your brain. Gross. Next time you get a sweaty handshake from somebody, it's like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Ew, what's with all the smeg, bro? Did you just hand smeg me? <laughs> Don't smeg me, bro. Oh, much, much like your boy, Ed not enjoying his time right now. It turns out not a lot of decorum for Mr. DeLine here. Didn't, didn't Just come totally lose it. Act. Flies off the fucking handle about it. Excuse me. Would you mind terribly not touching everything? Ed. Unsurprisingly, little offense taken to that one. So Ed goes full damage control mode and I think really saves it. With the great advice of, hey man, you ever try some gloves maybe? And this is when Mike sticks his head around the corner or pulling out a kidney. <laughs> Sam just mortified during this whole exchange until Karrison finally just locks himself in the bathroom of the room like he's a 12 year old. I was going to say, I guess having Palmer hyperhidrosis also relegates you to angsty teenage years. I mean, you know, if it works, it works, I guess. But bro, if you're so rich, why is it your response to a leave or B tell him to get the fuck out? Yeah. Like, hey, I know you're the president of operations, but you're here because I wanted you here. I'd no longer want you here. Yeah. Go get me some gloves, fucker. Like, oh, yeah. You know what? I hadn't ever thought about that. This condition I've been living with my entire life. Why don't you find me 12 different gloves to try? Six different hand deodorants. A doctor that'll pull out one of my kidneys. Let's try it all. Fuck it. And then every time he comes back with the shit, be like, I, I was fucking with you. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Mike articulates to Danny that. He believes this whole thing is an urban legend and a hoax, but Danny is clearly pissed that Mike's not taking it more seriously. And he's like, look, man, this shit happened on our property, on our watch, and there's going to be hell to pay if we can't figure it out. And Danny, boy, is he right on that front. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, yes, this is an old urban legend doesn't change the fact that you just saw a dude wake up in a bathtub full of ice with a kidney removing sized incision on his gut. And also, fucking Mike was the guy losing his shit about the goddamn ghosts like three episodes ago. So ghosts are real, but urban legends can't be. Yeah, we're not we're not even in the supernatural here, my guy. Yeah, come the fuck on. 
Mary is trying to get any kind of security she can as there's all sorts of commotion in the lobby. Turns out she and Jimmy made the flight. He's signing autographs and Delinda makes sure that she's going to cut to the front of the line as security gets in. And we find out that Jimmy Johnson's crew tried to get a restraining order against Delinda because last year when he run, won the race, Delinda kept showing up and kept showing up and kept showing up. Why didn't Jimmy Johnson have some entourage with him now? Like you'd think a boondoggle paid for by the Montecito is the stuff an entourage lives for. Yeah, right. I mean, how how deeply offended are you if you're like Jimmy's left or right hand guy and you hear four days ago he got picked up by the Montecito jet, flown to Vegas, stayed a couple of nights, came back and you didn't even get the call. Yeah, like we had time to stop off from changing out of our racing suits to the private lane at the airport. Like, come on now. And if you're if you're a lieutenant for a jet setting athlete, don't you just have a go bag ready at all times? I It seems like it would be part of the equation. Jimmy Johnson needs to work on his crew or the crew needs to work on a better athlete, if not both. Well, we we know his crew couldn't get a restraining order, so it could be that he just he's letting the crew go. <laughs> he's in between crews right now. And who knows? Maybe he doesn't want one. I mean, yes, Mary lets us know that he is happily married with kids or whatever. And so that's why Delinda's advances aren't working. But what if they were? Yeah, sure. Sure, that's the case. Wink. Either way, Delinda is more than excited to show Jimmy her car and pretty much just grabs him and brings him traipsing through the floor to show off her work. And Jimmy seems fairly impressed. Yeah, particularly when she lifts up her hood and shows him her engine bay. And then she started the car. hey I was trying to imply that it was a euphemism, but it didn't really work out like I hoped it would. So Yeah, no, my tone of voice was trying to do the same. And then you just alighted right over that into your own joke, which is fine. But let's also focus a little bit on the fact that she started a car in the middle of the casino floor, seemingly without consequence. How much would you flip out if you're just like sitting there playing blackjack and all of a sudden you hear a fucking car engine start in the middle of a casino? Pretty fucking much. <laughs> There'd be a lot of flipping out, especially if like my luck wasn't going great and I was already primed to to be a little combative. I'd be like, oh, okay. What enough that you got fucking three blackjacks last shoe. Now you're starting fucking cars next to me? Unreal. I gotta, I gotta die of carbon monoxide poisoning here at the fucking table? Hey, I'm 21 in here. <laughs> you fucking jabron. Mary at least tries to put a stop to any of this, but real light work by her, I feel like. If that. I mean, all she does is... I, which, look, I mean, it's the boss's daughter, and she knows that Delinda is a certified nut job, so there's not a ton I would expect out of her, but you can tell she's at the end of her robe and is like, I'd... Fuck, fuck me, whatever. <laughs> Surely someone else will get involved now that she has started an internal combustion engine indoors. Yeah, it does seem like maybe you should like we hear about the nice banquet hall and ballroom and all that. Maybe don't have the cars on the floor itself. Just just a thought. Just a little note. I can't hear you. Mike and Danny find some video of the kidney patient and a pretty woman wrapping up a session at a blackjack table and then walking off together just as the urban legend portends. 
Dun, dun, dun. When Sam happens to walk up and overhear the end of this and shares with them an urban legend that I think is best left to her to explain. So we will now present it to you, the listener, in its entirety here. It's classic. Family goes on vacation, their hotel room gets broken into, but nothing gets stolen. Although they notice that their camera and their toothbrushes have been moved. No crime, no foul, right? So they get back, get the film developed from their vacation, only to discover that the people who broke into their hotel room took their toothbrushes and shoved them up their asses and took pictures of the event. Have you guys seen it? And then she wanders off while the guys are left to grapple silently with the new reality of the world they inhabit. <laughs> it's kind of like when I brought up the turn and smegma. Like, that's something you just have to live with now. And they have to live with this story. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a pretty gross one. <laughs> she does the hand gesture of shoving the toothbrush up the ass. And it's like from her, like her stomach up to her sternum. It's like, Jesus Christ. Imagine if they'd had Sonicares. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But we are excited to welcome our new sponsor, Quip. <laughs> new toothbrush heads every two weeks. So if somebody shoves your toothbrush up their ass, at least you'll get a clean one soon. Use offer code Montecito and save 40% off your first order. That's quips.com slash Montecito for 40% off. Think that'll work? I mean, you know. Fresh, fresh tactics. Yeah. Maybe. It's not. I don't know that it won't work. (laughs) I guess Sam had gone to security forgetting that Ed's office had moved because she's actually looking for him and is waiting in his actual new office. But I got to take a quick time out here for some geography pedantry. Go on. I apologize to our listeners. We should have addressed this sooner. But based on the view outside his office, Big Ed has taken up residence at Treasure Island. (laughs) We can see out the window the bend in the strip. They're immediately across the street from the Venetian and Palazzo with Harrah's on the left. And on the right, we're looking at the Mirage and behind that Caesars. They are at the north end of the strip looking south. Yeah. It's a great view, but what a bizarre commute for Ed to go from the opposite end of the strip every time he needs to swing by his office. It does seem like it would be better to have his office on campus, but, you know, we got ghosts, we got impromptu surgery there's not a lot of rooms left for a nice size office well and also i think ed's just like enough crazy shit's happening here i'm out sorry if you need me i'll be i'm getting a suite at ti turning it into my office danny's got the day-to-day security stuff on lock i can show up for big things but i don't need this this place has gone to hell in a handbasket i'm out i've heard worse ideas i mean and if he keeps at it long enough, he's going to end up paralyzed like his boss. So <laughs> head on a swivel, Ed. Oh, just avoid those ponies. <laughs> Sadly, moving his office wasn't enough to avoid Sam's wrath because Sam, turns out, did a little redecorating. All of his nice little clothes, his golf clubs, everything that he thought was in his closet. Well... Sam's here to give him a crash course in casino hosting, and that's going to start with something we've definitely seen all sorts of times, the host gifts for the clients. (laughs) Yeah, Sam famously always carrying around gifts to give out to the host that we see every week of the show. I'm sure we'll also see it moving forward once this episode's over. (laughs) Turns out Sam's got all sorts of systems, and and she's going to catch up, Ed, on how this works, because 
Ed's not just saying hi to the biggest name guys. Apparently, he is taking over her job for her best <laughs> clients. And also her less nice clients, because she explains the full system, which goes down to like level one play, which I'm sure, look, level one for her whales is still great. But she's talking to him earlier about the need to manage just the upper crust. So he doesn't need the fucking yellow stickers. Yeah, he, he doesn't need the fucking like $200 golf collection of, you know, tchotchkes. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, it's for especially for someone like Ed, who is so often very good at putting a pin in things like this and shutting them down before they go too far. He really just sort of lets Sam steamroll him here. And here's the thing. While I think she needs to recalibrate, ultimately, I think Sam is correct. Oh, agree. this is now part of Ed's job that he has to this point not been particularly good at. So he needed this, but she's giving him like the how to casino host instead of the how to casino host the top one percent. Right. I did also appreciate that she threw in a you're the face of the Montecito and Ed like quickly snapped and said, don't go there. And I like to think that he is still bitter about getting his part tossed out from the commercial <laughs> and just getting the last little cameo because the way it came off, it seems like it is still a very sore subject for Ed. I mean, you are the face of Montecito. So I, I'd rather you not go there. Okay, fine. If you want, I, I hadn't read that that way, but now that you say that, yes, I think this is, they're routinely still giving him shit about this. And she didn't mean it that way. And he's, she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not what I meant. Got to move on though. This is you now. Come on, bud. Their, uh, their little crash course, though, gets interrupted by Danny and Mike, who have come to brief Ed on the kidney situation. And the highlights are there's a room booked under a stolen identity by a woman who made an hour's worth of ice machine visits, hung out for four hours, ostensibly to remove a kidney, and then walked away with a sweet ass looking suitcase. Not looking great. No, I mean, good news is the guy in the hospital is supposed to be fine. But what really struck me is they said that they couldn't video IQ the girl. And we've had times where video IQ doesn't come through, but typically it's because they don't get a good look at them ever or people are actively avoiding it. Here, they sure had plenty of shots of her. And I really didn't see any reason why video IQ couldn't be in play. So I think part of the problem, I agree with you 100%. I think part of the problem is they overuse the term video IQ. Sometimes it means facial recognition against a known registry of faces. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it means find them on the property. And so I think they could have been like, she's her face isn't in any of the databases and she's no longer on the property. And we would be like, all right, good. They checked. But like we couldn't video IQ her. Like, what does that mean? Like you didn't try? She was she wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, the cameras were all on. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. It'd be like if you just like decided to not argue a pleading that you knew was going to lose and like, I couldn't argue it. And other people would be like, I mean, you could have, you just didn't. Right. And that might be fine. But like, don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Like, did you not do it, guys? Come on. <laughs> we switch from there. Ed and Danny are going to try and figure this all out. Mike, meanwhile, gets grabbed by Sam, who's going to see how Garrison does. We start out with him. And a, a lovely young blonde who I'm pretty sure we see later in the episode that I'm going to have to ask you about. So just put a pen in here. 
Okay. Because the girl, the girl seems very disgusted by him just sweating all over the blackjack table and skedaddles. Why is he playing at a regular ass table? Judson, welcome to the advice portion of the <laughs> podcast. Uh, you got to it a little bit earlier than I was planning to, but here's the thing. We have seen private tables set up for so, so many people. If you have someone who is allegedly at the level that this guy is, he would probably want the nicer, at least be in the high limit room, but probably would enjoy a private table. But kids, if you got somebody who is actively grossing out everyone around them, hide them somewhere where nobody else has to see it, and then it's not a problem. Certainly do that before you try to kick them out. Well, and also they know that he's sensitive about it because he stormed off up in the suite. There's no way that this guy who knows what his own situation is and is clearly made uncomfortable by it would say, yes, please spotlight me by putting me at the end of the main pit. That is what I would like. I'd like a rotating or I would like a revolving door of people sitting down next to me and being grossed out by me and leaving often before they place a single bet. That will make me feel good about myself. And to play one of the few games where I am actively touching the cards every hand, ruining them too, and pissing the staff off as well. Just absolutely wild to me. Yeah, a lot of unforced errors here. I think this is 99.5% on Sam, half a percent on Garrison for not putting one of his sweaty hands up and being like, look, this is not working. Get me something different. I mean, he he stays at that table while a rotating bevy of folks not only just leave, but half of them, we get some real good ADR of, ew, look at his hands. That's so gross. Like very loudly, unnecessarily. Strong Jimmy Fallon vibes in his dumb eh segment. <laughs> Brutal. Ah! We're off to the hospital where the doctor who's examined the victim is impressed by the work saying it's the sign of an experienced surgeon. And while he's explaining this, Danny gets stopped by a woman he clearly knows from his time growing up in Las Vegas. And she's a resident now at the hospital and wants to fuck. It, it sure did seem like she was very excited to see Danny and very much would like to reconnect. Now, I did not go to med school, mostly because I find blood extremely disgusting. And I'm told there's a lot of reading at med school. So that alone is disqualifying for me. You got to think your chances of coming in contact with Hans Megamar are way higher in med school. So high. Oh, God, it's just everywhere. Once that shit gets on you, like it just take it home with you. It's gross. It's it's like regular hand soap won't work. You got to go dish soap to get that off. It's like the like the shit that they have in like auto mechanic shops to get like grease off. Like (laughs) real ultra heavy duty. (laughs) Yeah. Just taking your hands down to fucking sandpaper. But my point is. She's a resident, which I think is basically bottom of the ladder shit doctor. Like you're a doctor, but you're not like you're still learning. Yeah, you're your first three seasons of scrubs. So for her to interrupt what appears to be a, you know, a senior doctor talking to two people. What the fuck? The dumbest doctor in the history of the world. You shut your fucking trap there, lady. Like, what the fuck? Danny's really good looking. I mean, yes, best friend of the pod, Josh, is hot. They're talking to a what I guess was a surgeon, not necessarily head doctor. 
So you've probably got the different departments that she can she can holler real quick. God damn, she's lucky that surgeon didn't spin around and write down her name and fucking punish that ass. Not in the sexual way. <laughs> Though maybe both. I don't know. <laughs> Hospitals are weird. Yeah, it was 2006. It was not a good time. <laughs> but I wonder why this scene is here. I wonder if she'll come up later in the episode. Who knows? Hard to say, really. Because that certainly in the moment does not advance the plot one iota. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Danny and Ed are going to give a quick interview to our at least, well, at best one kidney gentleman at this point. He said I decided he to call him one kidney Carl, by the way. OK, I Works don't know if me. we actually get his name, but I just went with one kidney Carl. I, I think that makes perfect sense. He felt he just looked like a Carl. I'd buy it. I think if he was zero kidney Carl, he'd be dead. I'm based on my understanding of how kidneys work. Yes. There's a shocking number of things that we have in our bodies that we can live without, but I don't think kidneys are one of them. Well, I mean, you just got to keep one. Right. But like, you know, an appendix, you have one, you could have zero. Sure. Gallbladder. Get out of here. Tonsils, you have two. You could take that shit all the way down to zero. There's there's a lot of things that you could remove. You've got five livers. You only need three of them. Uh, well, I mean, you need to at least keep two of them good. Well, yeah, because you got to It's like rotating tires. You need a spare, basically, that's that's cool and it's jets while the other two are doing it. Exactly. Uh, obviously. I mean, come on. How hard is medicine? Seems pretty easy to me. Good news. One kidney Carl. He's feeling all right. And Ed starts out with, hey, don't worry about it. We'll take care of all your expenses. And at first, I thought he was talking about his bill at the Montecito. I was like, uh, yeah, dude, you're probably going to comp that stay. <laughs> but then went on to say, no, we'll, we will cover any of your hospital bills. And all Carl's like, yeah, fuck that, my dude. I'm suing the shit out of you guys. This is like when I got root canal and the tip of one of the tools broke off in my jaw and they had to stop the procedure to refer me to a specialist. And they're like, don't worry, we're not going to charge you for the root canal. And I was like, no shit, you're uh, not. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Come to come to find out it is a permanent part of me. Like it shows up on x-rays, like a little tip of a, a dental tool. Mm. I call it spike. Uh, that makes sense. And where they take x-rays, I'm like, hey, there's Spike. How's he doing? Oh, that's good. That is horrifying. Yeah, I mean, the good news is I don't feel it, obviously. Otherwise, you know, I would have had a jawndectomy at some point. Yeah, I feel like I probably would have heard the story before now. When they stop a procedure to sit you up in the middle of it and you know it's not done, you're like, hey, wait, 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 wait. What? What? Uh, what happened? I, I, I can tell you fuck something up. How bad did you just fuck up in my body? On a scale from one to lawsuit, where would you say we are on this fuck up? Jesus. Why can't you see what you're doing to me? What you're doing to me? Big Ed is hosting a gaggle of important looking angry people in his office, including Shitheel Kathy and a lawyer from the Montecito's insurance company. And they're trying to get him to understand the magnitude of the situation. Lawyers are advocating for a quick, quiet settlement, likely one that will be wrapped up in a nice NDA. So as to contain the brewing PR disaster. And Ed, he's a man of expensive tastes. And his expensive tastes include his principles. And he's like, no, no, no. We don't even know what happened. I got to get to the bottom of this. Insurance lawyer breaks in. He's like, look, I want to be very clear about this. It does not fucking 
matter. Once the story gets out, we're all fucked. Settle this and move the fuck on. Which, not wrong. And this is coming from the guy whose company is going to pay. He's like, let us pay. You have to let this go away. Otherwise, everything is done. Poor Danny the whole time is watching the cam feed that Ed has been down the street live, which is helpful. And he's just beating himself <laughs> this is actually up. The, the precursor to Chatterbait was Ed setting up cam feeds from the Montecito online for himself. Well, I mean, he knew what the price was going to be thanks to Frank the Repairman. But since it was on the Montecito's time, he was like, well, OK, that works. 250 feels like a bargain. <laughs> But Danny's watching the girl go back and forth between the ice machine because, well, bathtubs are big and ice buckets are small. And he's beating himself up for not catching it. And it's like, look, man, obviously somebody had a plan here. She requested to be right next to the ice for ice machine. And all you would have seen was a drunk couple going up to a room. Like, you thought somebody was getting laid if and it would have even... And then a woman shuttling back and forth on the ice machine for an hour. What the fuck? It's also, we don't often do this. Here's a little Judson advice corner. If you run a hotel, you should have a list of special requests that flag automatic increase in suspicion. And like when someone's like, I'd like a room really close to the ice machine. Like that's like GTA three stars out of five. Like what? <laughs> that, that I'm is sorry. A, like wanting uh, to be away from it would make yeah. more sense. Yeah. Wanting to be right next to it. Very strange. Requests that are normal, high floor, away from the elevator, near the elevator, extra towels, foam pillows instead of feather, bad requests, close to the ice machine. I think that's really, I mean, no pillows, I guess, would be a weird one. Like bonus cutlery. Exactly. Really high quality knives. Don't ask why. One of those really big tarps. Do you have a room where the smoke detector is broken? I want that one. Is, is there one directly connected to the laundry chute? So Ed's like, look, Danny, I get you're having an existential crisis, but there's nothing you can do about it. If you want to keep working the case, that's fine. But do it fucking quietly, OK? Like, I'm not listening to most of what the shitty lawyers are saying. But this thing about a PR nightmare, that that did kind of pierce my fog. So let's not have one of those. Yeah, we, we don't need people thinking their kidneys are on the menu. Unless Gunther's back. Gunther. Next, we'll get a scene explaining how the car contest works. And I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. There's cars. Some are good, I guess. Nailed it. Jimmy Johnson will pick one. Instead, let's focus on Sweaty Garrison, the lesser known cousin of Woody Harrelson. And (laughs) he seems to be cleaning up at the tables where the pit boss is concerned that they're going to run out of cards because they're having to change them so quickly. Speaking of, it's the return of Hot Pit Boss from when Danny got promoted. Yeah. Who I don't think we've seen since. No. And I don't know that we see again. I don't know. I don't think so. It'll be interesting. But how are they not prepared for this? How is this not, by the way, in JW's books? I guess he knew what Palmer hyperhidrosis meant, which was have extra cards on hand. Yeah, this is. God, Sam is fucking up. This is on Sam for sure. And like, she's just standing there smugly smiling the entire time. Like, go do something about this. Go talk to Danny and be like, hey, talk to the guys who make our cards. We need more. 
Yeah, go send somebody down to the warehouse for another couple stacks. Like Yeah, or like at other tables, we need to stretch how long it is before they swap out cards. Like redirect them this way. I don't know. Something. Danny's gonna just keep staring at the cameras. Finally, we find out that, you know, Carl, he he's kind of a nothing. Not really much about him that stands out. When Mike gets a call and finds out that, well, he was just at a strip club all night a couple days ago. Maybe we could find something there. Nope. Danny, happily to volunteer very quickly that he is ready to go. Yeah, so I guess Danny's thought process was, we don't know anything about this woman. We've got no leads. Maybe this wasn't random. Maybe it was a setup. And I want to be like, no shit. You think that swiping a kidney is not a crime of opportunity? No shit, Sherlock. You got to have a little forethought in that one. Stealing shit of like actual, you know, fungible possessions. That seems to me like a crime of opportunity. An organ does not. Either a bodily organ or a pipe organ. Those need some thought before you just go ahead and swoop one. I mean, the the only way that you can get a crime of opportunity is if it is already been removed and sitting in the little igloo cooler and they're just like packing other stuff up first and you just kind of walk <laughs> on by, yoink. Yeah, but what? I mean, if you're a crook, you're then going to go to your fence and be like, hey, let's we got to move a kidney and very quickly. I mean, I feel like you if you deal in stolen goods often... You know, you make you go bag, a, go grab a bag of ice and you can probably make some calls. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying if if Joe on the street just walks by and it's like, ooh, free cooler. Yoink. Hope there's some beers in it. Oh, no. Like, he's what do you do? A, what do you do if that's what you think? You think your crime of opportunity because like what if it's like a, a nice Yeti? And you're like, shit, that's a four hundred dollar cooler. Maybe there's some cool shit in there. So you, no pun intended. You jack it. Then you get back to your place and well, then you start jacking it because you're a sweet cooler. But then you finally get around to open it up and there's a kidney like, now what do you do? Uh, you're just leaving that cooler somewhere else. I don't think that's just a dump and wash out the cooler. Like there was a, a liver in there a second ago. <laughs> but now the cooler's got your cum on it. What is wrong with you? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Fucking weird energy tonight, my dude. Oh, God. I mean, when the bottom of the first inning features hand smegma, you know you're in for it. Oh, yeah, but still. God. Going back to that well one too many times. You think it's you think it's been one too many times by now? Jesus. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure by the end of the episode, we'll valley back up into a peak. If at least you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. So Danny's going to pop over to the strip club. And real quick, I have to say that I literally double checked that this season's DVDs were advertised as uncut and uncensored. Because I feel like we had an excellent opportunity to get some nips here and we got none. Nothing. I mean, like barely even a side boob. Credibly, this could be uncut, but it is definitely censored. I, I felt censored. Or it is the lamest strip club in the history of strip clubs. <laughs> So he's going to talk to a bartender and, and she recognizes the guy. So now he was here with a different woman, though. And they're over there getting lappies all night, racking up a couple thousand dollar tab. And oddly, she was pounding champs while he was sticking to water. And I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine being in a strip club sober 
much less with somebody who is getting shit housed. That all sounds horrible. After like 10 minutes of that, I'd be like, cool. Uh, well, I'm going to go drink water elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. For, for considerably cheaper. While they're talking, the uh, customer comes up and gets handsy with one of the women and the bartender intervenes, impressing Danny to the point that he obliquely offers her a job should she ever decide on a change of scenery after she refers him to the strippers who were giving the lappies all night. And she seems rather smitten with young Daniel. Yeah, I think she is much more interested in a different change of scenery than anything having to do with working at the Montecito. Ah, you mean his dick. I did mean his dick, yes. Well argued. Thank you, sir. I try. I At first, when she showed up, I thought that she was the same bartender that we saw a couple episodes ago that was at like the, the random divey biker bar mm. that Danny went to go get info about because she was also a cute brunette that flirted with Danny. I mean, that's just kind of all women on the show, though. I mean, he's he's got a good gig. I think also I definitely remember her from having caught a later episode during a or a network Las Vegas marathon and remember that she does get a bartending gig somewhere at the Montecito. Yeah. Like, this is not the last we will see of her. No, she'll she'll be back. But un- unlike our doctor, who we definitely won't see in a few short minutes. <laughs> but good news, the the ladies in the champagne room can confirm the story that there was a couple. She was drinking. He was not. And he also looked like he had just had a blood test because he had the old Band-Aid over the cotton ball on the inside of the arm. And the woman was bragging about how rich they were about to be, which just... What are you doing? Not the right place for that conversation. It's almost never a great time to brag about soon being rich, but definitely not in a place where people are arguably the best at the world at parting you from money. (laughs) It it is their entire raison d'etre. Like, what the fuck? The only worst place to brag about being rich would be like a fucking art auction or a cruise ship. Like, goddamn. They're going to take, take that off your hands for you. Smash cut to the hospital where Danny is getting more info from the original doctor. You know what? That's little chap. You know where that is? I do. It's at the corner of get a map and fuck off. And he's like, yeah, blood work. Uh, you need to do that about 48 hours prior to the transplant. Definitely should be avoiding alcohol. And you know what? Ideally, you'd be crushing water, preferably at a strip club. <laughs> so Danny's like, huh, this is interesting. Swings by the victim's room, see how he's doing. What's up, one kidney, Carl? How are we feeling? But Carl's still got that negative attitude, so Danny tries to poke the bear a little bit. Hey, man, uh, who's that woman you're with at the strip club? I don't know, just some woman I met. Okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Credible, credible. Uh, what about that blood work that you had done? I don't know what you're talking about. Strippers always lie. For shame, sir. And also, he made a mistake. He accepted the premise of the question. Why wasn't he indignant about Danny checking up on his past? Because he knew he was guilty. Bing bong. Come on, son. Yeah, you got to be like, wait a minute. Why are you looking at it? I'm the victim. Yeah. You First, you all steal my kidney. Now you're making me out to be a bad guy. How dare you, sir? Defamation of character is on the lawsuit now. Maybe I should just get on the horn with my lawyers right now. I can sign from a hospital bed. Also, the fact that he's not lawyered up in the hotel or in the uh, hospital room. Come on. 
You got there. Come there, on. There are plenty of sleazy lawyers out there who would happily go along with this play, I feel like. Hey, I'm about to make a million plus dollars from the Montecito. Do you want to take 20% of a settlement for basically no work? I just need someone to proof the paperwork. Thanks. <laughs> Sam finds Big Ed at the bar where instead of supervising Sweaty G like he should be, he's having a drink. And he's like, look, I don't know why. I'm just really creeped out by this in a way that has never been an issue for me before. Even tell some story about a whale cooking goat meat in his suite or something. Yeah, there was some bizarre bit about how this super rich group like bought out three rooms and then used one of them as a kitchen in the middle of the living room. And he was like, man, wasn't it cool when I was like, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm going to have to gut the entire room and redo it because they were so rich. But anyway, this guy with sweaty palms is too much. Not a good look for it. No, well, and it just, if there was something else to it, it would be, I guess, less weird, but it just, I mean, yeah, it's gross, but it's not that gross. And also, like, I don't know that I would note, unless I shut the guy's hands, I don't know that I would notice it. I I mean, I think they did a good job when he was going into the room and you saw, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, like all the people who are fleeing from his table, like, yeah, they did not make it look on. like there was a puddle on the table. No. And also like drink more. Relax. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Sweat's not contagious. It It is Las Vegas. People sweat there a lot. It's very warm. And th- by the way, that's the least gross thing you're going to touch all day. <laughs> yeah, that might actually have some sanitizing effect if the chips and cards in play that's fresh sweat that is not hpv on the chips come on (laughs) well ed you know while he's he's being kind of a baby about this whole thing he he had a good idea he got these very nice towels made monogrammed the the finest softest of things and you know while it may be utilitarian sam points out okay what if i walked up to you and offered you the super tiny micro dick condom and we get some fun banter between ed and sam but sam's point is look you can't give somebody something that's just going to point out what they think of as a shortcoming that's not going to have the intended effect hey you know that thing about you that you hate and that i made fun of earlier here's another reminder about it yeah not gonna really have the intended effect you gotta think the silver lining though is that he did use sam's service so he's demonstrating that He's trying. He's making an effort. He is. And and apparently the towels are, in fact, very nice. Sam is quite pleased with how nice they are. Yeah. Ed's willing to glad hand just so long as the hands are dry. <laughs> how, how difficult is that? The man would like a smegmalist transaction, and I think that's reasonable. I think it's possible that smegmalist transaction is our episode title. <laughs> Still really hoping we find another that does not involve the word smegma. I, I feel like there's a there's got to be like a really good smegma pun somewhere that I just can't. And I would wager that is the first time that sentence has ever been uttered. <laughs> We're innovating here, as always. <laughs> Danny and Mike back on the cams. They're trying to figure out we've we've broken things down. We know the girl's wearing a wig. We know she's wearing contacts. We're using our fancy thermal cameras. Finally. Hell, we can even tell she's got fake boobs, but not like implants. She's got, you know, you can tell from the thermal it's colder because it's part of her shirt or something. 
I think it just wasn't body heat. Was yeah. What their point was. But instead, it looked like she was wearing ice packs in a bra. That's that's why she wanted to be so close to the ice machine. But as they go through this, they're like, OK, cool. So when we look at the suitcase that's full of ice and a kidney, it'll show the same, right? Oops. No, it's just a normal nothing. Nothing weird shows up on the thermal. So maybe there's not a kidney in there. Now, what do we do? Well, first, we have to find out that Delinda's car makes it as a finalist. So now it'll be up to Jimmy Johnson to pick the winner. But I still I just I still don't care. Like, I guess now at least Sam is interested in Jimmy Johnson as a casino host. Like, hey, how much money has this guy got? But otherwise, we're just stuck in C-plot hell. It's it's bad. Speaking of bad, Mary's now going to come in and pile on Garrison to Ed. He's you got dealers who are quitting over this, which, which I'm is sorry. So bizarre. You you and I have seen so many far worse things than just a really sweaty hand guy. Like the dealers are not going to give a shit. Guests are checking out. Like I can't even be in the same property with this guy. Yeah. What? Like okay, I I can see a realm where somebody leaves the table because he's sweating that much. But even that, like, is as far as it would ever go. Yeah. I mean, how out of your mind do you have to be to check out of your hotel room because this guy that you ran to at a blackjack table has sweaty palms? Yeah. The germaphobe dude from like season two, maybe. But besides that, no way. The health department is threatening to shut down the buffet, which pretty rich coming from them after they just had a sexual harassment scandal involving the Montecito. I might shut the fuck up a little bit if I were the health department. Yeah, they're probably not going to be traipsing through the door anytime soon. But the real news here is that Wolfgang is an asshole. Wolfgang has banned this guy from the restaurant. What? Again, like private seating. He's He's got the big money. He would easily be able to take care of this. And how often are you walking through a what restaurant checking out other people's hands? Never, ever. And like, what is the argument? Uh, sorry, that guy... Three tables over is sweating a lot in a way that I can't perceive from my current location. But the knowledge of it has me so grossed out that you should kick him out of your restaurant. And again, he's the richest guy here by a mile, apparently. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't say Wolfgang, go fuck yourself. Garrison is not without blame here. He has the resources to make most of these problems go away. And I don't mean make his hands less sweaty, just like buy your way out of potential embarrassment. Or at least like throw an elbow like, fuck you. You're not going to you're going to kick me out of your restaurant. Really? Do you do you want to see how this is going to play in the press? Yeah. Do you do you want me to buy this just to shut you down? I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast, Wolfgang. But then again, what's the point of having fuck you money if you never say fuck you? Ed's going to take care of uh, old sweaty G, but he wants to see Sam ASAP because he is pissed. Meanwhile, Danny's finally put it together. You can tell he's been cooking here. He's, the gears have been turned in this direction. But finally he says, Mike, there was no kidney. It's a fucking scam. It's a fake. Think about it. You get your kidney taken out and then you go to a hotel, set up the whole thing so that they want to give you a bunch of money to shut up. But there was never a kidney there. You just took a nice little ice bath. He finds Big Ed and shares that theory. And Ed's like, that's cool and all, but you have no evidence. So go get some. The best way to go get some, according to Ed, go find me that kidney. 
you know what? Like when he first said it, I was like, that's nonsensical, Ed. Like, what are you talking about? But then he's like, look, dumb, dumb. If someone's selling a kidney, someone else bought it. Go find the buyer. And it's like, oh, huh. That is a credible avenue to pursue. Yeah, he is not looking for you to go to the loan shark's fence who has the fucking igloo cooler sitting next to him with the kidney <laughs> on it. in it. He's like, idiot. The kidney's already in another body. I didn't mean literally fine. This isn't. I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe me. Yeah, but Walter. Hell, I can get you a toe by three o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. This was literally find out who got a kidney installed. Yeah, it's it's a shame that Danny doesn't know anybody in the medical field who could help him with this somewhat under the table medical type searching. Oh, you mean incredibly under the table, jeopardizing her career and her liberty as a unimprisoned human? I mean, his or her, we don't know, since there's <laughs> definitely nobody who would fit this bill. <laughs> so terrible of me to presume. <laughs> Sexist Judd strikes again. <sighs> Just trying to get us canceled. Ed lays down the law with Sam. He's like, look, sweaty G's got to go. I'm 86ing him tonight. No discussion. Get him out of here. We come out of commercial. It's the next morning and Sam has not gotten rid of him. She's like, look, motherfucker, he's paying playing $200,000 an hour. There's no way I'm getting rid of him. He's like, I don't care. I've had it. We're going up to the room. Gonna bounce him. And fucking smiley, sweaty G is like, hey, thanks for coming. Y'all want to come? Oh, no, I'm getting... I'm getting kicked out, aren't I? And oh. we we get a, a sad speech about how he's had to deal with this and has to live in hiding all his life. But Vegas was the one place he never had to worry about it or be treated like a freak. Hey, bud, if this was a solved problem, maybe don't try a new casino just because some girl called and told you that their old host passed you on. Like the place that had everything figured out probably could have taken care of you. Presumably, he's tried calling JW and he is for sure dead. So I'm saying the casino, you could be like, hey, you probably remember my number. It's the really high one. I think it's probably probably closely guarded secret. I think this is tradecraft from JW. I guess. Again, though, this is on Sam. Sam should have. Sam's mismanaged this from the start. Oh, 100 percent. And Ed Ed also has plenty of blame to, to share in here. But like this guy has given them so much lenience and he's been so patient with them treating him like shit when any other rich person on the show is like fuck you i hate you i'm buying the casino or you or you and the casino or something yeah and again this is where my advice of hey remember all those private tables that we like to offer people come in but turns out ed might have himself a little idea as well there's a little light bulb moment there but first Mary finds Jimmy enjoying some brunch, looking over the playbook for the next week's game against the New York Giants. And he shares with her a note that was slipped under his door overnight. Apparently, someone with comically large, childish and shitty handwriting is promising some very explicit sexual activities in exchange for Jimmy picking the author's car to win. So much so that Mary is made uncomfortable by the details. I mean, it. From from what we learn, it sounds like there is some dirty, dirty stuff in there. Some raunchy shit. I tried as a pruderate, but I couldn't tell. It was too low res. So, GST, what was on that note? We'll we'll add that to our list of questions. Do you still have a coffee? Do you still have that prop? <laughs> we need to see it. 
But Delinda claims she didn't write it, says some of the acts that Mary finds particularly uh, improbable are like, no, no, I've done them. That's fun as hell. But I did not write this note. And the sex acts are so explicit that when Mike is reading over Mary's shoulder, he shames her. Fuck you, Mike. Agreed. I've had it with that fucking puritanical bullshit. I I I tried to give Mike a little bit of of reasonable doubt that he is just surprised that Mary would do some of these things and not that he is. But he literally says shame. So, yeah, there's really nowhere to go. It does bring up the point, though, if Delinda didn't actually write this letter, it's not a very good bribe if the bribee does not know who the briber is. Well, and also, uh, I'm not saying that all of the other finalists are men, but I think it's probably likely. Scott, Jimmy Johnson has a, Johnson, all the way has a, Well, we shot we, we they showed us the 10 names and the other nine are all classically Ben's names. Oh, were they? Now, I, I didn't yeah. look at the names close enough. So I just wanted to take a shot. I, you know, I, I understand. I, I respect that. But assuming that a NASCAR driver is going to be interested in some man on man action is probably not a winning strategy for the other nine guys. It's you, Delinda. You just got <laughs> caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Also, wouldn't Mary recognize her friend's handwriting? See, that also does seem like it would be likely. If somebody gave me a note that they thought came from you, I would be able to tell them immediately. Yep, that's Eddie's handwriting. Or nope, that's not Eddie's handwriting. That would be the end of it. I wouldn't even have to read the contents. I'd be like, yeah, no, that's, that's my boy's handwriting. Yep. Then I would read it like, damn, he got into some weird shit here. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Some bold offers there. (laughs) Got a stretch before that. I don't know. This is going to play well in an NFL locker room, but we'll see. I hate you so much. I know. (laughs) Danny turns out does have just the medical professional he needs. That cute Dr. Kimmy from earlier is going to help him with a little bit of frowned upon searching. Yeah, just some casually violating of HIPAA laws. No big deal. Uh, you know, HIPAA, HIPAA. Who, who amongst us? Whomst indeed. Turns out in the last three days, there have been three kidney transplants, but one of them jumped the transfer lists, and they didn't even put that kidney in the National Kidney Almanac or whatever they call it these days. I think that's what they call it, yeah. It's actually a section in the Farmer's Almanac is kidneys. <laughs> Next to the beans. Yeah, it's going to be a particularly cold winter. And here's a list of available kidneys. (laughs) Well, oh, I get it. You're making a kidney bean joke. I was. Yes. Oh, okay. I was was a way homer. (laughs) Well, shit, man. I guess that's why they call it a way homer. Why is that? Because you only get it on the way home. I'm already home, man. Turns out that's not enough. Danny just wants to know, why don't you click the button that you're not supposed to click and tell me who got that kidney? What's in the box? She, and she makes, What's in it, the box? she makes it clear Danny's going to have to make it up to her. Wink. And Danny's going to have to get in that box, if you know what I mean. With the hand in the cookie jar. And some of the shit from Delinda's letter. It's got to get buck wild. Oh, yeah. Turns out it is rock star Kelly Stone who got the kidney. Every morning. <laughs> that was a good one. I did not see that one coming. Out of the Montecito pool, we learned that Big Ed's idea was to put Sweaty G at a smut blackjack table because with all the water of the pool, 
no one's going to be creeped out by his sweaty hands. They're not going to know. They'll be like, oh, he's just, you know, he's in a pool. Of course he's wet. Masterstroke by Ed. But why is the table in the middle of the goddamn pool? It, see, this is not a regular setup. You know, nowadays, a lot of pools have some blackjack tables there. This was literally, he told somebody from maintenance, grab a blackjack table off the floor, throw that some bitch in the middle of the pool, and we're going to go. Because you can see that the stanchion is normal. Like, it just, it looks like they just tossed it in there. And then he's probably like, okay, but pull it closer to the side. This is impractical. Nah, dead center. And sure enough, when Sam's like, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I can't get out there and do anything. I'm not wearing my swimsuit. He's like, well, he needs to go. Uh, it looks like he needs to sign another marker. So why don't you get out there and shoves her in while still wearing her civilian clothes? It was a lovely visual for all. I think everybody there would have appreciated it. But I enjoyed uh, Except the- lawyer Kathy, who I think is going to have another workplace settlement to take care of. Uh, you know, Ed is probably going to need to have a conversation with HR, maybe a little extra sexual harassment training. But we I enjoyed the Sam Ed banter that we got here. It was it was fun. But yikes. Come on, Ed. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be frowned upon for sure. It's, that's going to come. And up what about her, What about her PDA that she always has on her? That shit's fucking fried. I mean, she's probably got backups or it's waterproof or something. I don't know. It's 2006. They were not waterproof. Oh, that's that is a very <laughs> that thing point. is fucking fried. Yeah, it's you're not throwing that in a bag of rice. It's donezo. Danny is going to enjoy the show and then let Ed know he's cracked the case. You got this rock star who needed to buy a kidney. One kidney. Carl just signed a huge record deal that was going to make him rich to this guy's record label. Got it all figured out. And then he's like, well, I got this hole in my side. Let's double down and try and take the Montecito for some more money. Problem is that Kathy and the insurance lawyers are pretty unimpressed by Danny's detective work. They're like, yeah, that could be. We still don't care. Settle this. And Danny and Ed are absolutely incensed. It's and much more rightfully so at this point. You've got the guy. You got it all figured out. But Kathy hit him with the Denzel. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. She really sums up her profession with one succinct sentence of right or wrong doesn't matter. Right or wrong doesn't matter. It is well sad, but true. Danny finds himself in Hollywood where time has passed. How long? No one could possibly know where he's staking up the victim's return to his house and records the reunion with the woman that was with him in the Montecito. Only this time she doesn't have her disguise on. Now, couldn't video IQ her before, but he can get a mobile video IQ from the back of his rental car, prints out the side-by-side match, and confronts the reunited couple, so confident that this was going to work that he has LAPD on standby with a couple cars rolling up to bust him. Yeah, it would have been a real shame if she had just stayed inside and let him open the door himself. I did like that he goes for the high five with the cop and gets absolutely stoned. Like, no. Complete no sell. Uh Uh-uh. I'm doing my job. This is not fun. I don't like arresting people. I don't even know what they did. Yeah, I don't know. I just you. had my boss call and say, meet up some fucking cowboy from Vegas who's doing his own sting operation. I'm a cop. How do you think that made me feel? <laughs> Here, let me show you. Try for a high five. Wah, wah. Should give him a ball tap. <laughs> well, having a much better celebration, Delinda's got her trophy. And Mary's stunned, but Jimmy says, well, hell, she earned it. She had a cool car. 
And he says, well, we got to get you back to Atlanta. I've got the jet ready. Let's go. Jimmy's like, oh, you don't need to fly back with me. Oh, wait, you just want to drive around in my car again, don't you? Which Mary replies, yes. And Jimmy's like, okay, cool. All that stuff about all the training I had to do. We can watch you take some more hot laps, I guess, instead. <laughs> it's it's so it's God. This this was way worse than I remembered. I got to own this one. <laughs> Sweaty G is checking out. Big Ed's there with the gifts. And I say gifts plural because uh, old Harry or Gary or whatever this fucking name is. Met some woman at the pool and she doesn't care about his sweaty palms. Except, now. <laughs> except she sure did the first time she sat down because this is the blonde I was mentioning earlier. Eh, whatever. Fuck it. They're going to get married. This is the dumbest rich person we've seen on the show in a while. I mean, just horrendous with his money and plans. What a nightmare. Uh, Ed does get the gift swapped, though. Clearly, there's some work left to be done, but Sam is there to, to swap it back all as well. And we head out to Hotlanta for the episode's denouement, where we close where we started. And that is Mary somehow being allowed to drive a race car at top speed by herself, despite not having actually any formal training, but instead what sounded like a safety orientation, maybe. <laughs> OK, I guess. But Ed, did you like the episode? Uh, it was OK, I think is yeah. about all I can give it. I believe my notes say, quote, yeah, question mark, I guess, question mark. That sounds about right. It was I liked a lot of parts of it, but there was so much just stupidity, avoidable stupidity that it really dragged it down. Yeah. And the Jimmy Johnson stuff was peppered fucking everywhere. It was like somebody took a shotgun to the script with these little Jimmy Johnson bits. Yeah, this was a real quick cut. I actually thought he was fine. Like, as far as people not being actors having to act, like, I thought he did fine. But God, that C story was just. Blech. No, it was rough. And the like they went to the garrison is sweaty. Well, so many times like we could have done with three less instances of people being grossed out by it and still gotten the same thing. And also, like, if everyone's going to be so grossed out at some point, someone should have called it hand smegma. <laughs> I mean, just really drive home the point. Just to earn it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if they dropped that on us, I'd have been like, okay, that, you know what? That is gross. Top, top tier episode. <laughs> but it shifts our conversation to the chip lead, and I got some notes. Go on. So our current defender is Mary, followed by Danny, Ed, Delinda, Mike, and Sam. I don't have a single person in the same spot. Really? Yeah. I'm very interested to see where this goes. My argument is that Danny, a number one, he he fucking solved the kidney caper. He pushed through people telling him to leave it alone. He kept it on the QT, did not blow up the Montecito in terms of negative PR, saved them a bunch of money, got to go to Hollywood, make a caper other than the missed high five all around top marks for Danny. And not one, but two new potential hookups. Yeah. And, you know, only one of them is probably going to go to prison for violating HIPAA laws. Bartender really should be careful when she's talking at the strip club. No kidding. Number two, Mary. I don't think she really lost spots, but Danny just tour de force. I, I was I was playing with that same idea because I think Mary actually had a very good episode for her. Yeah. On her own. But Danny's was better. And the difference was showmanship. It always is. 
Number three is, I think, controversial, but I, I think I need you to hear me out. I've got Delinda as number three. I'm listening. It was horrible to have to watch Delinda in this episode. But from her perspective, she got to hang out with the guy that she was stalking so much that he tried to get a TRO against her. She won the car contest that she cared so much about. She managed to avoid somehow being tagged with writing this sexually charged note attempting to bribe the married man. So while I think that like it was a bad look for her, every goal she set out to hit, she hit. I, she just picked up checks. The scorecard says how many, not how. I, you, you do not have to show your work. Um, I, also, I assume you want to swap get with real him. ugly. It's about to get real ugly for later down in the pack. Okay. See, I, I didn't. I, I completely agree with your assessment of Delinda. When it comes to Ed, he made some dumb plays, but similarly got everything done that he needed to. I think his true failing was getting dragged into things the way that he did. So I can, I, I'm fine with a swap if that's the proposal. I actually have Sam sneaking up into fourth. And here's why. Again, she got what she wanted. She got the whale. She's brought Ed into the glad handing of upper echelon players game. Yeah, she lost a PDA and got her clothes soaked. But I don't know. She just booked a ton of revenue. Somehow the guy didn't ever leave, which is shocking to me. I think she's picking up checks. I I could give you that she has gained ground back, but Sam and Mike were were pretty have had bad seasons. And I don't think that Ed was bad enough to go from three to five. All right. So we can maybe go Ed four, Sam five, and fucking third wheel Mike did nothing this entire show. Yep. Actively tried to discourage Danny from pursuing the crime, slut shaming Mary for something she didn't even write. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> get back. Get back during the weekend weather. Uh, yeah. So Danny, Mary, Delinda, Ed, Sam, Mike. Yes, indeed. I like it. Cosign. And that means congratulations, Daniel McCoy. You are our new chip leader. Bing. Well, Ed, we had another episode where we featured a, a big time whale, but no big time Willie. Any chance we're going to see him next time? Well, Judson, we're getting someone from the past because uh? next time on Pod at the Montecito, Coyote Ugly. Things are getting a little too close for comfort when a sexy young woman comes to the Montecito to thank Ed for saving her father's life and one of Monica's friends finds an employee's finger in the buffet. <sighs> Judd, we're going to try an experiment next week and you're going to do this podcast solo because I don't want to fucking watch this episode. <laughs> is, that, hey, is that a thing I, we can do? Uh, you, you made me play during And Here's Mike with the Weather. So I think I got to keep you involved on Pinky Detail. <sighs> yeah, that's fair. God, this episode sucks. I Well, here's the thing. I don't remember the entire episode. I just remember all the shit with Norma. Isn't that her name? I think so. I similarly don't remember most of it. I just remember that she is so berating. Yeah. That uh, it's just, it, I recall it being like a slog. Yeah. Like just. That is exactly the word I would use for it. Storytelling drudgery. So uh, get excited, kids. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, uh, thank you 
for being a part of this dumb, dumb podcast. As always, please leave us a five-star review. Recommend this to a friend. Talk to us about it on Twitter, at Pod. Use the hashtag Las Vegas for Peacock. While you're there, rip into Peacock. They got to get their shit together so they can get the show on the platform. Because, Eddie, it's, we're pretty close to you having to belly up to the bar for another round of DVDs, aren't we? Uh, it's, it's in my saves cart. It's ready to fire off. Just remember, as always, leave James LeSure out of it. Yes, Mike sucks, but James doesn't. James is great. Mike's just having a bad run. He'll be back. Mike, Mike is slumping, and now it's no longer just about his micro penis. It's about his entire personality. <laughs> you can always email us, pod at the Montecito at gmail.com. Eddie, help him out. Letters than the curly A. Thanks again to everyone. Thank you to the people who don't sue us for, uh, for borrowing their delightful music for our dumb, dumb podcast. We make no money for, so please don't sue us. There's really no reason here. It's not like we're breaking, breaking HIPAA laws or something. Jesus. We would never. We absolutely would if it made the podcast funnier. True. And on that questionably legal <laughs> admission, until next time, I've been Judd. He's been Ed, and this has been Pod at the Montecito. Yeah.